Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek Science Fiction Fantasy and Horror Podcast, episode 480, recorded on Monday the 27th of March 2023 at 23.54.49. Welcome to British Summertime. That started yesterday, I believe. Tonight I am back recording through my Shaw SM7B. Thanks to the nightmare of click removal during the last three editing sessions, when I edited three episodes in a row that had been taped with the Shaw SM58. The other mic isn't bad, it's just that... It's so clicky. It's pretty good compared to some others that I've tried, but I found that the SM7B is the least clicky. It does seem to be a bit sibilant though, so I'll have to see what I can do about that in post. As for today, tonight, from tonight, The main science fiction, fantasy and horror content comes first, and I have moved off-topic subjects to the after show, which everyone who listens, I'm sure, is grateful for. If you wish, you can skip that part, (laughs) as I'm quite capable of talking the hindpods off an octor and zingbat, but if you are a hardened fan of the show and just want to hear me talk about stuff that isn't directly geek-related, other than the fact that it's coming out of the mouth of a geek, then stick around. Tonight has been somewhat trying. I came here at 11 ready to record, found out that the batteries in my recorder had run down, and I needed to change the batteries, then I thought I would change the foam windscreen on the shore to the thinner one, instead of the big fat one. And then I changed my mind and put it back, and then I had to move a mic around, and then I had to move a different mic around that has nothing to do with the podcast, it's to do with something else that I'm doing. There was a lot of faffing around. And then I realised, with the current setup, I hadn't really tested the shore and the recorder and the mixer. Ah, it has been a faff. A fafasco. Fiasco. (laughs) that's it for the pre-ramble got everything ready to go got a couple of soft drinks Uh, an unwise choice in one of them because it's carbonated not the greatest thing when you're on the mic but I don't know I need my comforting things around me tonight It has been a trying week, a trying day, a particularly trying night. As I've said many times before, I tend to sweep things under the carpet, and as I have said before, that carpet is becoming very lumpy. In fact, it looks like I have moles under the carpet. By the way, I don't actually have carpet. That's a metaphor. doesn't matter. Not in this part of the abode of Castle Royenstein, anyway. Yeah, those lumps are just getting higher and higher. 
I could open this place as a crazy golf course at the moment. The lumps are so high. Hmm. The traffic's rearing its ugly head again. And I have worn this metaphor threadbare. I posted a joke that got absolutely no reaction on Twitter earlier today. Do you want to hear it? Okay, yeah, it's not relevant to science fiction, fantasy and horror, but I thought I'd ease myself in. Okay, here goes. I say, I say, I say, porter chap, why is there a horse in my hotel room? And the porter replies... This is the horse fatality, sweet sir. Okay. My comedy is wasted. Let's do the show. Tonight on the show, I will be talking about... I've already forgotten. Let me scroll up. Ah, oh, yes. A couple of films and a TV show. I'll be talking about... The Colony... Strange World, and Another Life. The Colony. I decided to see this uh, about a day ago. I think it was yesterday. Oh, God. The memory's going along with everything else. Just because it was a trailer that I had seen some time back. And that also goes for the other choices tonight, Strange World and Another Life. The trailers piqued my curiosity. I say that I don't like trailers that much, and that's true, I don't like trailers at all. But those are for films that I'm going to see anyway. For films that I'm fairly neutral about, yeah, I'll watch a trailer. Okay, The Colony. The Colony is a 2021 German-Swiss science fiction film produced by a few companies that I've never heard of and is available on Netflix. It is an English-language film. The Colony stars a French actress called Nora Arnzeder and... The very familiar Scottish actor in Glen, Sir Jura Mormont in Game of Thrones. It has only average to low reviews. At least that's what I found out after I watched it. In the colony, an elite population who abandoned the dying earth to live on Kepler 209 send a survey to see if Earth is habitable again. They do this because their home on Kepler-209 has rendered them sterile through irradiation, I think. The first team of astronauts goes missing, and so they send a second expedition. This second expedition crash lands on an endless shore. One of the team drowns, another is badly injured when primitive natives attack, and then later dies, while the last survivor is taken prisoner. This survivor and her captors are then attacked in turn by another group of raiders, 
wielding modern weaponry like machine guns. And it turns out that they work for one of the original expedition crew members. That member is a fanatic who calls the natives muds and sees them only fit to supply healthy female breeding stock for use by his fellow captains when they return. The surviving woman reunites with her father, another astronaut, from the first expedition, who has been imprisoned because he came into conflict with that other crazy guy and sided with the natives. She decides to do the same and ends up defeating the megalomaniac and rescues the native captives. We are left to ponder what's going to happen when the Kaplans arrive. For all this film's liberal green ideals and a female protagonist, who will remind you quite strongly of Ripley, an Asian woman and a black man still die first. That annoying cliché aside, the colony is grim, grey, cold, wet, a land of endless mudflats and rusty wrecked sea vessels and looming hulks. I felt the need for a tetanus shot while watching it. It is so rusty and grimy and very violent. It also twanged a lot of anxieties I have about how the rich are messing up the planet and how some would rather leave and start again elsewhere. All I have to say to those that are thinking that is, please do that, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, and when your descendants return, mine will eat their elite flesh with my blessing. So, yeah, it's a film. Things happen in the film. It has a simple message. It is terse on dialogue. There is a fair amount of action and a female protagonist. But the look, that grey look, and the depressing subject matter make it a bit of a grind. So I'll leave it up to you whether you think this is something for you. I don't know whether I can recommend or not recommend this. It's another depressing science fiction film. And that's The Colony from 2021, available on Netflix. Oh, quarter of an hour in. I think it's time for a little break and then we'll move on. And I am back. Let's talk about the next movie, and that is Strange World. This is a 2022 Disney animated film, influenced by weird tales-type pulp magazines of the 1920s to 1940s. The colourful look of the trailer 
And that genre, Weird Tales, is what drew me to this film in the first place quite a long time ago. And then I forgot about it. And I don't know what made me think of this film, but I ended up watching it quite recently. In Strange World, our protagonist is a farmer whose discovery of pando plants that power his civilization of Avalonia is recruited to find a solution to the declining energy levels of these plant-slash-batteries. And so he reluctantly continues the expedition his father led before going missing many years ago while trying to find a route through the impenetrable surrounding mountains. This is an expedition that he was on, and then they went their separate ways, and that's the last he heard from his father. The expedition airship is immediately imperiled after falling into a dangerous alien underworld. They eventually discover that Avalonia is set into the back of a giant turtle, that the pando plant is killing from the inside. They realise that they have to give up their reliance on the toxic plant. Otherwise, the turtle will die and so will Avalonia. The cast seems very diverse, very representative. But the protagonist, pleasant as he is, is still a straight white guy played, I believe, by Jake Gyllenhaal. And what I mean by very diverse and representative, the son of the protagonist is gay. There are a lot of female characters of different ethnicities. There is briefly a girl in a wheelchair. And it doesn't look too shoehorned in. It does look, though, that... Disney gave us a choice. Perhaps either have a non-white protagonist and then a non-diverse cast or have a very diverse cast and a conventional run-of-the-mill protagonist. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too cynical. I don't think I'm being too cynical. Come on, Disney. You're usually better than this. At least you have been in recent years. The plant batteries bring technology to Avalonia, and we end up with air cycles, air-going motorcycles, and vehicles that also float on air. Those were too, unfortunately, I thought, derivative of Star Wars speeder bikes and land speeders. There is a pet-type character adopted by the protagonist's son. It looks like a blue squishy blob and is called, quite apropos, Splat. Its behaviour and the way it sounds all make it very similar to Gru's minions. And on top of all that, the story was, when you boil it right down to its core, how do we fix the batteries, or how do we recharge the batteries? 
However, it was also very colourful, very psychedelic, very sweet, perhaps even to saccharine. I liked the silly but lovable and fluffy three-legged dog that was always getting into trouble. There was, I suppose, a brief reference to the wood wide web, which has become a staple of genre in the fact that the pando plants are linked underground in a kind of network. I enjoyed the variant of the Hindu Kachapa world tortoise myth. I say variant because Avalonia is set on the back of this turtle, but that turtle is actually swimming in the real sea on a real planet. Whereas in our myth, this tortoise is floating through space with four elephants on its back, on top of which is the disc of the world. Yes, Discworld. That is where Terry Pratchett got his splendid idea from. As well as all that, I appreciated the ecological metaphor of how our own over-reliance on oil and gas is poisoning our world, Willow Project Biden, which seems a common theme this week, after talking about the colony. And finally, I loved the idea of how some people, like the grandson, who takes after his explorer grandfather, have, at their very core, a need to explore beyond that horizon. That's a quote from the film. I have been stuck here for years now. I haven't travelled anywhere. I used to travel a lot. And that struck something in me. I don't think... It's the greatest film, and apparently, nor did the critics. But that point that was made did do something to me. Okay, that Strange World from 2022. Again, I don't know if I can recommend it. Perhaps if you've got a spare afternoon, it might be something to have on on Sunday. If you have children... Or, even if you don't have children, maybe crack open a cider or a beer and watch Strange World. It doesn't quite deliver on its promise to be a Weird Tales-type adaptation of the pulp magazines. It is, however, very colourful, and you don't have to use your brain too much to watch it. And it's not depressing. Maybe watch it after you watch The Colony. I did not watch those two films in a row. I wish I did. <laughs> okay, finally, Another Life. This is a Netflix sci-fi series from 2019, yeah, a couple of years ago. It is filmed in BC, Canada and stars... Battlestar Galactica's Katie Sackhoff. Given that it's filmed in BC, stars Katie Sackhoff, you've got to wonder if there's a link to BSG in the production crew or creatives, I don't know. I didn't dig into it that much. In Another Life, a metallic Mobius strip-shaped 
spaceship. A sort of spinning ribbon shaped thing that's really massive wumps down on future America just outside a forest and begins transmitting a really powerful signal to somewhere far away. Initially, we are unable to communicate. That changes slightly in the two episodes that I saw, and they started to communicate by means of music. But initially, they can't communicate at all, and so they send a crewed ship to the destination of the alien ship's transmission. Things are tense aboard the ship, and the ex-commander mutinies because he deems Sakoff, the woman who trained him, to be too cautious because apparently she was involved in an incident that killed her previous crew and now he thinks she is too scared to take a risk. After he mutinies and sticks Katie Sakoff into a cryo-sleep-type coffin, he cocks up almost immediately and almost gets them all destroyed. And so the crew swap sides again and put Katie Sakoff back in charge. But it's not the end of the drama. And there's a scene in some kind of engine room where he attempts to kill her. He walks up behind her with a knife about to stab her. A nicely executed Muay Thai push kick from her sends the mutinous miscreant hurtling into a damaged, sparking, electrical-slash-plasma conduit, where he is flash-fried like a Thanksgiving turkey in one of those insanely dangerous contraptions that they sell in America to fry a turkey really quickly. You know what I'm talking about, Americans. As for what this is like... I had to pause there for a moment as another potential organ donor drove past. Let's see, where were we? Yeah, film references. These most transparently include films like Alien, 2010, The Year We Make Contact, Contact, Event Horizon, and Arrival. And by the way, all those films that I just mentioned, really worth watching. Another Life is not a bad series, but needs must as the devil drives, and I have other fish to fry, and other annoying little homilies like that. And so, after two episodes, I'm out. If you have the time to spare, give it a try. You might enjoy it. But there is just so much stuff out there at the moment. We have to be selective with our geek time. And that's it for the main part of the show. In the after show section, just got some follow-up from previous items that we've talked about. I talked about a solution to unintelligible film dialogue. 
let's start with a follow-up for that. In 479, I said I boosted the center channel where speech is recorded by 20% globally in Libra-Elec on my Raspberry Pi Libra-Elec box, which allowed me to hear dialogue far more clearly. My mistake was telling you that it enabled me to cut overall volume by about 50%. I do not think that's how it works. While the overall level might have gone down, the center produced more volume. I'm therefore cautioning you that if you do this, be careful with your hearing. Measure the actual overall decibels with a free dB meter like a phone app that I use from Bosch called INVH. That's Bosch, that same company that makes drills. Not an advertisement. So yeah, be careful with that. You're just boosting the volume in a different part of the audio spectrum and it can still bugger up your hearing. My new mixer? Let's talk about that. That was the title of the article in 479. I hope my new mixer works. Here's a follow-up. Oh dear. My new mixer was a Yamaha MG10 analog audio mixer. It arrived and it ran hot, very hot. I thought I'd avoided the overheating problem with the MG series by buying an analog one. I thought that problem was just limited to the USB models, but it turns out the issue is with all the MG10 series. According to a disturbing warning in the instructions, this device can reach 50 degrees centigrade. <laughs> oh. For you non-centigrade users, Americans, that is 122 Fahrenheit. 122 Fahrenheit. That is a heater. I know we've got an energy problem, but summer's coming on and I'm very, very scared that an electronics device can get that hot. Yamaha, you are a complete pain in the bum. The solution to this? Well, you are going to laugh. Do you remember that MG06 mixer I sold? Which is another Yamaha MG series mixer, only it has six inputs, which includes two XLR inputs. Well, I bought another one. I feel like a complete imbecile, but there was nothing else to do. The MG06 runs on a boring old barrel 12 volt connector, not the 3 pin locking connector of the MG10, which passes through 18.5 volts. I don't know if that's a problem. 18.5 volts still doesn't seem very high. Maybe they should have put ventilation holes or something. From experience, I know that the MG06 runs a lot cooler. I've had one for years and years, and it's been on for months and months through heat waves. So fingers crossed it will last. 
And to reiterate, yes, I do feel very, very stupid, but I don't have an audio expert who I can just ring up. And yeah, there is YouTube, but people don't review every damn thing on YouTube, and some of the YouTube review channels, well, they're review channels in <laughs> double quotes. They seem like sales channels. What I will eventually do is use an entirely separate USB interface for podcasting. But yeah, that was a completely <laughs> miserable attempt at upgrading. As for the interface that I will eventually buy, probably the Scarlet 4i4. I did try the 2i2, that didn't have loopback, the 4i4 does. I'm not going to go into the technicalities, it just means that you can record stuff from YouTube as well. It'll loopback the signal into the... you'll see it's getting needlessly technical. And all this leads me to my final item, and that is how Rongo <laughs> I can get. Rongo, that's the title of this item. Yes, I do get so much wrong. News, tech, music, life, money, health, the whole lot, every damn thing under the sun, I have got wrong at some stage. I confess when this happens, so that I'm not leading you down the garden path with my advice or reviews. I've done that constantly since I started. I pride myself on being as honest as I can be. And that also makes me feel like a dimwit sometimes. As you've just heard. And the older I get, the more fallible I feel. I also feel more frail. I was standing up at the start of this podcast. I'm now sitting down and the mic is set a few feet lower. That fallibility... That consciousness of failure and the knowledge that there is so much about this world and this universe that I'm still ignorant of is supposed to be a sign of wisdom. I don't feel wise. Hence, this week's show notes has an image of Merlin falling arse over tit in John Borman's Excalibur. It is a scene that I fondly remember. Fans of the film will know what I'm talking about. How many times have I talked about Excalibur in this podcast? Too many, too many. And that, my nerdly friends, is it. We have come to the end. The show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMatur.com. I'm rushing it because I want to go to bed. Well, I want to unwind with a cold drink and then attempt to go to bed. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen. Recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy. Or click on the contact or support link on the website. Support link. Yes, you can support me. Thanks again for tuning in. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK geek science fiction fantasy and horror podcast, 
episode 480, recorded on Monday the 27th of March 2023, and ending on Tuesday the 28th of March 2023, at 004337. Thanks for listening, everyone, and bye-bye for now. Bye! Willow Project Biden.